are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the November 3rd, 2023 Friday reading of the Ark Valley Voice News Program. My name is Michelle Wexler. Today, we'll be reading the following main articles. Ballot Counts and Kind Remarks for Chafee Clerk's Office, written by Jan Wundra. Truth and Liberty Coalition targets 30 school boards, including Buena Vista, for what some call its Rule the Godless initiative, written by Jan Wundra. Chafee voting edges up to 22.7%. Griswold schedules statewide call to those who haven't yet voted, written by Jan Wundra. And Salida Fire Chief Doug Bess retires, written by Elliot Jackson. And following up with miscellaneous articles. We begin with the first article, Ballot Counts and Kind Remarks for Chafee Clerk's Office, this posted by Jan Wundra. The daily reports to the news media, political parties, and candidates continue to roll forward as we move closer to the November 7th Consolidated Election Day. On November 2nd, 535 ballots were returned for a total of 4,161 ballots received to date. Chafee Clerk and Recorder Lori Mitchell reports that her office has escalated some specific voter records to the United States Post Office, USPS, and enlists their help in finding out why some Buena Vista voters haven't received their ballots. A reminder that it is too late to mail in a ballot for it to be received by Election Day. There are vote centers open where ballots can be dropped off or people can vote in person. Salida Vote Center, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Friday, Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 noon, Monday, November 6th, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., Tuesday, Election Day, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Buena Vista Vote Center, Monday, November 6th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., Tuesday, November 7th, Election Day, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mitchell, who is known for a relative lack of drama, says they are grateful to the community for the many words of encouragement that have arrived. Folks continue to be so kind to our elections staff. Today's card read, We want to thank every person who works so tirelessly to make Chafee County elections fair and safe. Those who constantly criticize and threaten you should go jump in a lake. And they are sending us a pizza on Monday. That story, Ballot Counts and Kind Remarks for Chafee Clerk's Office. And next up, Truth and Liberty Coalition targets 30 school boards, including Buena Vista for what some call its Rule the Godless initiative. This posted by Jan Wundra. On October 16th, Arc Valley Voice, AVV, reported that the far-right Christian nationalist group known as the Truth and Liberty Coalition had targeted the Buena Vista and Canyon City school boards for takeover. It now appears that this is not just a local and rural grab for power. It is a statewide effort targeting at least 30 of the state's 178 school districts. Traditionally, school board races are nonpartisan local affairs, focused on the local budgets, 
supporting school sports, and perhaps state test scores. No more. A movement led by Christian nationalist, dominionist televangelist, and Charis Bible College founder Andrew Womack appears determined to force a far-right version of education on Colorado school districts. His organizations based in Woodland Park include not just the Truth and Liberty Coalition, which AVV covered in our news article, but an action group it launched called Transform Colorado. It is this movement, Transform Colorado, that has recruited and trained candidates and filled ballots across dozens of school districts with far-right candidates. According to its website and Womack himself, they have a stated goal that unites Christian leaders to restore biblical values in the public square. This is the same group that seized control of the Woodland Park School District in 2021, making it the first and only school district in the nation to adopt the radical American birthright history curriculum that waters down our history so that white kids aren't made to feel guilty, and celebrates the doctrine of discovery that claims white Europeans were divinely inspired to discover and settle America as a Christian nation. According to an article by Steve Raby in the November 1st issue of Religious News, this is a statewide power push. While locally we have witnessed a play for the school boards of Buena Vista and Canyon City, these are only two of 30 targeted school boards. Their play has nothing to do with religion and everything to do with opposing and controlling teachers' unions and gaining political power to bend curriculums and leadership to their worldview. Their worldview opposes hot-button topics included in conservative Christian campaigns nationwide: transgenderism, boys in girls sports, sex education, parental rights, and social studies and history curriculums. The school districts that have been targeted range from small rural school districts of less than 1,000 students, such as Buena Vista, to giant metropolitan school districts, such as Cherry Creek, with close to 50,000 students. The list of school districts it has targeted for the 2023 consolidated elections crisscrosses the state: Academy 20, Adams 12, Archuleta County, Brighton 27J, Buena Vista, Canyon City, Cherry Creek, Cheyenne Mountain, Colorado Springs, Delta County, Douglas County, Estes Park, Falcon District 49, Fountain District 8, Fremont. Garfield, Greel, Harrison, Jefferson County, Lewis Palmer, Littleton, Mesa County Valley, Pooter, Pueblo 60, Pueblo County, Thompson, Weld RE 8, Widefield, Windsor, Woodland Park. Colorado Public Radio has a more comprehensive recap of some of the school board battles going on in individual school districts. A few highlights outside Chaffee County. In Douglas County, the far-right Moms for Liberty group has already taken control of the Elizabeth School Board, but hasn't yet managed to wrest a curriculum change. A new board majority elected Douglas County School District fired Superintendent Corey Wise. Students and staff walked, and a lawsuit against the school district cost them eight hundred thousand dollars. 
The community is still fractured over the school board's next move to change the district's equity policy. No surprise, school districts across El Paso County, most of which are already conservative, are in turmoil. In D11, they threw out an equity policy, and in Academy District 20, the rallying cry is against the woke ideology infiltrating our schools. They are aggressively courting evangelical and LDS churches in the district for support. In Pueblo 60, they are forging the future, supporting four biblically-minded candidates in a campaign led by the pastor of a local church. The message, parental rights, district transparency, and calls for God, family, and country to be respected in school. Weld County. In the Greeley-Evans 6th District, there are seven candidates running for three seats. Two of the candidates have been active in trying to get books banned, and their registered agent is an officer with Greeley Republican women. Per a recent CPR article, federal political campaign regulations prohibit nonprofit charities and churches from participating or intervening in, including the publishing or distributing of statements, any political campaign on behalf of or in opposition to any candidate for public office. While Womack might say he doesn't lead a church, that is hard to square with his televangelist role. The practice of some evangelical churches declaring which presidential candidate is more godly goes back at least to the days of former President Jimmy Carter and former President Ronald Reagan. In those days, evangelicals declared that Reagan, a divorced Hollywood movie star, was more godly than the Sunday school teaching Carter. What is different now is the strident insistence that those who disagree with the far-right positions taken by televangelists, such as Womack, are somehow not just less godly, but dangerous. Not only is this not true, it is both anti-religious and anti-democratic to suggest it. Editors note this journalist personally witnessed an evangelical non-denominational pastor stand before a congregation during the Reagan-Carter race and declare that God was on Reagan's side and any of us who voted otherwise might have a visit coming with hell. That story, entitled Truth and Liberty Coalition, targets 30 school boards, including Buena Vista, for what some call its Rule the Godless initiative. And continuing on, Chafee voting edges up to 22.7%. Griswold schedules statewide call to those who haven't yet voted. This posted by Jan Wundra. Chafee clerk and recorder Lori Mitchell has communicated that the Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, has scheduled an automated call today, Thursday afternoon, November 2nd, to all voters who haven't yet returned their ballot and who have a phone number on file. The purpose of the message? To encourage voters to return their ballot before 7 p.m. on Election Day, November 7th. This call is coming from the state of Colorado, not the local clerk and recorder's office. However, for those who might not understand that, the local office, 719-530-5604, stands ready to field calls from voters if they have any questions. Follow a link in this article to the Arc Valley Voice News article for more about mail ballots, places to drop off ballots, or to vote in person. 
As of last night, November 1st, Mitchell reports that 3,626 mail ballots have been returned, representing 22.7% of the now 15,952 registered voters in the county. So far, only five people have walked in to vote in person at the special voting centers set up in Buena Vista and Salida. That story, Chafee voting edges up to 22.7%. Griswold schedules statewide call to those who haven't yet voted. Next in the news, Salida Fire Chief Doug Bess retires. This posted by Elliot Jackson. Doug Bess, who served with the Salida Fire Department for 29 years and has been chief since 2012, retired as of October 31st. Although there has been no formal retirement announcement from the city of Salida, the fire chief position has already been posted. Bess, at the time of his retirement, had presided over changes, such as an increase in the number of firefighters assigned to each shift, and coordinated the construction of the Salida multi-use facility on the western end of Salida, which provided not just storage, but more planning time to prepare to address the city's need to address the shortfalls of the aging Salida fire station. After years of effort, he has just successfully led the charge for a new Salida fire station. That roughly $17 million project, years in the planning, will be breaking ground on November 3rd. The groundbreaking for the station at 611 Oak Street in Salida is set for 2 p.m. Friday, November 3rd, and it is open to the public. The fire chief leads two separate entities, the Salida Fire Department and the South Arkansas Fire Protection District, SAFPD. The fire chief is responsible for wildfire control efforts in the region, as well as fires within Salida city limits. The filing deadline for applicants is December 6, 2023. That story, Salida Fire Chief Doug Bess retires. And next up, BVBOT directs staff to create a ballot question to change town elections. This posted by Carly Winchell. At the Tuesday, October 24th, Buena Vista Board of Trustees BOT meeting, trustees directed staff to draft a ballot question to be added to the April municipal election. The question will ask the public to vote on changing the municipal election date from April to November to align with the county consolidated elections. Additionally, it will adjust the terms of trustees on the board after the April election to allow for this adjustment. Also looking ahead at 2024, the public hearing for the 2024 town budget continued during the October 24th meeting. The public hearing for the 2024 town budget will continue during the next regular BVBOT meeting on Tuesday, November 14th changing BV municipal elections from April to November. Changing the date of an election requires a vote of the people, explained BV town clerk Paula Barnett, who requested the board direct town attorney Jeff Parker and staff to draft a potential ballot question to change the date of BV municipal elections and extend terms to allow for that change. According to Barnett, there are 273 municipalities in Colorado, most of which coordinate their elections with the county clerk. 
In Chafee County, Salida already coordinates elections with the county, such as in the upcoming November 7th election. Changing the date for Buena Vista's election will allow the county clerk and their staff to handle Buena Vista elections and take the pressure off of town staff for regular elections. Special elections would still be handled by the town. I don't see any reason not to do it, commented Mayor Libby Fay. I don't know why this wasn't done a long time ago, agreed Trustee Devin Rowe. Town Attorney Jeff Parker explained that BV elections were set in April because that is the statutory default. The board and town staff suggested changing the date of the election from April to November and coinciding it with other elections to reduce confusion, make things easier for Buena Vista voters. They also hope it will lead to greater voter turnout for municipal elections. The BOT voted unanimously to direct staff to draft language for a ballot question for the April 2024 election. 2024 Town Budget Public Hearing The public hearing continues over the 2024 town budget. Treasurer Philip Puckett presented updates to the draft budget, including adjustments made to 2024 projections due to lower-than-expected sales tax revenue for August this year. The proposed budget begins on page 139 of the meeting packet, which is available online at a link in this article. Budget materials are also available through the website and in print at Town Hall. August sales tax came in 7% below projected budget. Puckett explained this caused a ripple effect in the 2024 budget, reducing the general fund by $70,000 and the street fund by $3,000. Puckett reviewed other changes, including the removal of a $10,000 placeholder for fire mitigation and public support because no requests had been made for that funding. A $4,000 placeholder for interns was also removed. The transfer from the general to the capital fund was reduced from $318,000 to $279,000, and the airport fund was increased by $12,000 to balance the fund. Puckett explained that money was also transferred from the Marijuana Special Revenue Fund to keep capital projects funded. Overall, the board noticed a tightening of the budget, though Puckett said the ending fund balance still looked great with no drastic changes. Puckett also explained that a 5% increase in water rates and water fees was plugged in to calculate the budget due to the results of a 2022 study. He said the board would see this in detail when the fee structure is brought to them at the end of November. The increase in fees would become effective January 1st, though the board did discuss potentially pushing it farther out to allow for more outreach and communication with residents. Two projects that came in after the packet was created were the Walton Loop Stage 2 and additional requests for the Legacy Stage. Univista Event Cooperative's BVEC Chris Martin made a public comment requesting consideration for those improvements to the legacy stage in McFellamy Park. Martin requested several items, including $10,000 for handicapped parking and a sidewalk from parking to the restrooms, $1,000 to clean up parking from the bathroom to the bridge, for free Wi-Fi in the park to allow concert attendees to take and upload videos, 
$4,000 for a permanent ADA ramp to the stage, or $1,800 for a temporary ramp. $3,750 for performance lights, between $21,000 and $25,000 for sun shading. Martin also mentioned installing multiple benches, landscaping around the stage, and gutters for rainstorms. Trustee Peter Hilton Hinga expressed concern over tightening revenues and suggested focusing on projects that have benefits and utility beyond just the legacy stage, such as the sidewalks and handicapped parking. Faye suggested a $20,000 placeholder in the budget to cover parking spaces and the ramp. Puckett indicated the topic would be included in the next discussion of the budget. During trustee staff interaction at the end of the meeting, Recreation Director Shane Bassford returned the discussion to the legacy stage funding requests. He suggested a need for more research and planning before committing to improvements at the request of a community member. The board and staff also expressed disinterest in public Wi-Fi for the park. Town does not do public Wi-Fi, said Puckett. That's not a thing anymore. Overall, Bassford highlighted the importance of evaluating priorities and determining what fell within the town's scope concerning the park and the stage. He emphasized that the stage was built primarily with community contributions and would not have been built otherwise because it wasn't a priority for the town. Bassford did explain there was about $4,000 left for the stage with one invoice still open and that they were going to take care of some requests with the remaining 2023 funds. The next regular meeting for the Buena Vista Board of Trustees is scheduled for 7 p.m. November 17th by Zoom or in person at the BV Community Center's Pinion Room. View the full meeting packet and agendas online for Buena Vista trustee meetings at buenavistaco.gov. Videos of the trustee meetings are also posted to the town's YouTube page. The October 24 meeting is available at a link in this article. That story, BVBOT, directs staff to create a ballot question to change town elections. And finally, Ken Buck announces he won't seek re-election. This posted by Jan Wundra. In a surprise announcement on Wednesday morning, November 1st, Congressman Ken Buck, Republican Colorado, made it official. This morning, speaking with Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC, he said he has decided not to seek re-election in the November 2024 election. In making the announcement, Buck had publicly attributed at least part of his decision to his party's reliance on former President Donald Trump's false claim that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. He posted an online video that included his conclusion that his party's insidious narratives breed widespread cynicism and erode Americans' confidence in the rule of law. Buck also came out against former Speaker Kevin McCarthy's launch of an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden, citing the flimsy evidence collected by House Republicans. He has been against stopgap spending bills, saying that Congress's job is to deal with budgets and they should get on with it and stop doing things piecemeal. Upon receiving the news, Colorado Governor Jared Polis issued a statement saying, Ken and I served together for four years in Congress, and I've always appreciated his commitment to representing our great state. 
I wish Ken the very best in whatever he does next, and on behalf of Colorado, I thank him for his public service. During the circus that accompanied the House Majority Republican Party's effort to install a new Speaker of the House, Buck had first announced that he would not vote for any nominee who did not recognize that the 2020 election results that elected Joe Biden as president. But then, in later rounds of voting and the appearance of ghost candidate Mike Johnson, Buck appears to have caved and joined the unanimous Republican vote to elect Johnson as Speaker. Buck's announcement coincides with the announcement this morning by Texas Congresswoman Kay Granger, Republican Texas, that she will also not seek re-election. And that's all we have time for. Thank you for joining us. For the Ark Valley Voice News Program, my name is Michelle Wexler. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.